While You Were Folding, Episode 5, Family Meetings with Philip Boucher. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. Most importantly, it's a great excuse to connect with and learn from like-minded women who are committed to beginning again each day. I will not pretend to be an expert, but I will ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Welcome back to While You're Folding. This is episode five, and today is going to be a little bit quick (laughs) and imperfect, and we're just going to call it good. We had a little bit of a plumbing emergency at our house tonight, and I was hoping to get to have more time to really finesse things and edit a couple of interviews that I had done with the kids and a couple other things, but we are just going to call it good. And I wanted to give a quick weekly update on what's going on around here. But before I do that, let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of all of the abundant blessings you bestow upon us. Sometimes it takes, in the grand scheme of things, very minor inconvenience with this little plumbing mishap we had at our house tonight for us to realize how truly blessed we are. Please help us to keep things in perspective when life throws us these curveballs. Help us to remember where our priorities need to be, where our focus needs to be, so that we can make sure we're doing the things that you're asking of us each day as wives and mothers so that we can make sure we are building up your kingdom for your glory. We ask this through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so crisis is temporarily averted for tonight. The plumber could not figure out what was going on with things, but the water is turned off, and the plumbers will be back out here first thing in the morning after I get the kids off to school. So stay tuned on that front. Hopefully it's not anything too terribly expensive, but uh, we know part of our basement ceiling will need to be removed to figure out what is happening in there. So stay tuned on that front. Um, I have been reading some great books. I wanted to pass those titles along. One of my goals for this year is to read 75 books. And I think in another episode... Maybe I will talk about how I have been able to become such an avid reader. I think I completely overdosed on reading in college when I was a secondary education English and Spanish major. I was reading so much and I just got kind of sick of it. And then after college, got so consumed with teaching that I wasn't really reading very much. And then just last year, got back into reading and I have found some ways that have really helped me to do that. So maybe I'll do an episode on that sometime um, because it has been such a really fun habit. I've really enjoyed it. So two titles that I just, well, one that I just finished was 
Four Seasons in Rome by Anthony Dewar. He is the author of the book, All the Light We Cannot See. And that was a wonderful World War II fiction story that I really enjoyed. And this book, Four Seasons in Rome, is about Anthony, his wife, and his twin sons packing up and moving and living in the city of Rome for a year while he was doing a writing fellowship. And it's just, I thought, a really beautiful memoir, and it reminded me of my time studying abroad in Spain. And even though they were very different cultures, just the whole European mindset and slower pace to life and all of the history that you're surrounded by. He really, he has beautiful writing and I really enjoyed his insights, especially on what family means and eternity and all of those things. So definitely pick that up. And it was interesting to read it too, because I, like I already said, had already completed reading All the Light We Cannot See. And he was actually writing that book as he was living in Rome for that year. So it was neat to see what he was living through as he was writing about that World War II story. So highly recommend that one. I'm currently reading, among other things, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. And I am probably, oh, like 35% of the way in. And this is another World War II book. It is... I don't know. I struggle to give reviews until the very end of books, but I uh, an ending can definitely make it or break it for me. So I'm not going to say what I think of it so far, but I think the writing is really strong. I like the characters. I definitely have to have someone to root for when I'm reading fiction. So definitely recommend that one so far. Stay tuned. Um, also, I was listening last Wednesday while I was working out in the morning to one of my very favorite podcasts. If you're not already a regular listener to this one, definitely subscribe to it right now. Pause my show and type in Girlfriends with Danielle Bean because it's a great show. And Danielle was actually my motivation for getting started with a podcast. She just is this wonderful, vibrant, faith-filled Catholic woman. And she has this perfect balance of being able to be real while simultaneously motivating you to do even better. So if you're not already listening, definitely check that one out. But I was listening to her show, her last episode last week, and all of a sudden she was giving a shout out to my podcast and she was saying how much she enjoyed listening to the first episode. So thank you for listening, Danielle. And I hope I will be hearing more from you. I would love to have you on my show sometime. One more thing before I jump into family meetings. So one of my emotional goals for this year was to start tracking what day I'm on in my cycle and how I am doing with my emotions for that day on a scale of one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest most positive emotion. And I had put different adjectives for each thing. So one was depressed, sad, anxious. Two was bummed, negative. Three was neutral. Four, positive, optimistic. Five is joy-filled. 
excited, vibrant. So using those adjectives that helped me to figure out where I am one to five. And I write down that number one through five next to the number I am on my cycle. And, uh, well, let's see, this is January 30th. So after doing this for a month, all I'm going to say is that we can definitely see some correlations here. And this knowledge is very helpful for my husband (laughs) to be aware of when his wife maybe will not be as pleasant or patient or emotionally resilient and when he might need to be a little more gentle and possibly offer me a dove chocolate or two. So that's been really good. All right. So family meetings. This is something that Philip and I have done off and on for most of our marriage. And we didn't always call it a family meeting, but we really started doing this every single week on Sunday night when we moved to Lincoln back in 2014. So we've been doing this for a couple years faithfully now, and we finally have found a format that's really working for us. We do a family meeting with the kids right after dinner on Sunday night around the dinner table. And then after we finish that part of the meeting, we put the kids down for bed They're all still pretty young, so they go to bed fairly early. And then after the kids are asleep, then Philip and I have our couple meeting. And that is definitely life-giving and affirming and one of the things that I look forward to most each week. And I thought that Philip and I could talk about that tonight. So Philip came down to the studio and we recorded a little chat I'm not even going to attempt to edit it because it's already getting late. I'm just going to leave it exactly as it is and call it good enough. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Philip. So let's start by talking about our family meeting. This is what happens right after dinner on Sunday nights. And this is usually while we're sitting around eating dessert at the table. So start us off at the beginning of the meeting with what we do. Usually I finish up eating before everyone else. And so I will get the Jesus storybook Bible, um, which is a book that we go through and it um, has stories from the New Testament and Old Testament. And we'll read one of those for the kids and then we usually come up with some sort of short lesson uh, or challenge from the reading. Usually it's related to challenging the children to not whine as much as they did in the previous week and we'll talk through how we as a family and as individuals can live up to that challenge. Yeah, Philip is right. Usually the challenge from that week has something to do with whining. We're hoping to move on from whining but That's something that we are very much struggling with at this point. And as a reminder, for those of you who don't know our family in real life, we have a second grader, a first grader, a preschooler, and an almost two-year-old. Lots of whining. Yeah, lots of whining going on. And then after we finish up our lesson and challenge of the week, we move on to our praise reports. Do you want to explain what that is? So then we go around the table and tell everyone at the table something that we're proud of that they did. So usually we start with Harry and he talks about how he's proud of his siblings for playing with him and Dorothy for talking to him and mom and dad for hugging him. 
and um, he the, does he does this for each individual correct. family member. Yeah, he goes around to each individual family member and tells them what they're what he's proud of them for. So usually for Walt, it's playing with him, and Jane for reading with him, and Dorothy for talking to him, and mom and dad for hugging him. And then each of us goes around and, and shares something that we're proud of about each family member. So Walter goes, and then Jane goes, and then I go, and then Catherine goes, and we share something that we're proud of for each. I'd like to point out that Philip just shared his favorite part to remind the kids about, that he likes to go in youngest to oldest age order. So notice how he pointed out that he goes before I go <laughs> because he's younger than me youngest by three oldest. months. Yeah, youngest to oldest. So the praise reports, we've kind of been working on teaching the kids what is and what is not a good praise report. So we'll expect Jane and Walt, the first and second graders, to give something more than playing with me. It can be something more specific. Like last night, I remember Walt praised Harry for playing with him nicely for half an hour in the basement without any fighting or bickering between the two of them when we thought that that was really good. Um, and then after we're done with our praise reports, we move on to our discussion of the weekly calendar. So we typically just go through each weekday and say the things that are going on, especially after school and in the evenings, what things are on the calendar so that the kids know what to expect for the whole week. If we have lessons or a babysitter coming or some sort of special outing, then the kids have that to look forward to. And that's it for our family meeting. Then after that, we tell the kids that they can go into the family room, which is right off of our kitchen. And we have, we're fortunate to have an open floor plan. So at this point, we send the kids to watch a movie while Philip and I finish cleaning up the dinner dishes. And lately, the way we've been doing it is Philip washes the dishes while I sit at the kitchen counter with the laptop and we work through looking at the calendar and figuring out what our week's menu is going to be. And this has been really helpful for me because previously when Philip was in residency, I was doing the menu planning on my own and we were often eating without Philip as well in those days. But now that we're into more of a regular family routine, we are able to sit down and do the menu planning together while well, Philip's standing up doing the dishes. I sit down and do the menu planning, but we're looking at the calendar, talking it through, figuring out, okay, what night is going to make the most sense for a crock pot recipe? What night is best for leftovers? What night are we going to have more time and energy available to maybe try a new recipe or which night do we need more of a celebratory recipe? We want to do something special. Or maybe we know it's going to be the end of a chaotic week. Maybe let's just plan on doing carryout one night. Do you have anything to add to the menu planning or how it's changed? I think the nice thing is we've really pared down the amount of meals that we make. So we have very few wasted evenings of cooking and wasted food. We usually do like a crock pot a fish that's like grilled fish and roasted vegetables and then a soup or something along those lines so we don't waste a lot of time cooking and we don't cook on very many nights of the week. Yeah, our more labor-intensive recipes are definitely reserved for the weekends when we have more time available. 
So when we're done with our menu planning, then we have some family time, cuddle with the kids, we will do our family read aloud, and then we put the kids to bed. And our kids are still young enough that they go to bed pretty early, so they're in bed, in theory, at 7.30. And then after that, we head back down to the kitchen, and we sit at the kitchen table to do our couple meeting. The first thing that we do is, um, I don't know where we got this from. We got it from our friends, the Polans. Okay. We renew our wedding vows. So we just do the I, Philip, take you, Catherine, to be my wife, yada, yada, yada. No, no, no. You got to say it and look at me. (laughs) So we go through our wedding vows and do I, Philip, take you, Catherine, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. But when he says it, he says it more sincerely. (laughs) And then after that, we do a praise report to each other where we share things that we were proud of for the other person from the week. That's something I look forward to each week. And I know, Philip, for those of you who are familiar with the love languages, we've learned that Philip's primary love language is words of affirmation. So this is a big one for us. And that's something that does not come naturally to me. So I've been working on this big time and I've been trying to make my praise reports more meaningful and specific instead of being pretty generic. So then we move on to the planning portion of our meeting. First we look at the week's calendar again together. So by this time we're pretty familiar with what we have going on for the week since we've reviewed it already with the kids and we already looked at it for the menu. This is a chance for us also to look at when we need a babysitter for the week so that we can plan ahead and make sure that we have made those phone calls. And as a wife and mom, I am grateful to Philip. And some of our babysitters have commented that it's pretty unusual. He, more often than not, takes the lead on trying to line up our babysitters. He recognizes that this is an area where he can help take some of the burden off of me with all the different things that I juggle. And he usually, I'd say nine times out of ten, lines up the sitter for our family. Um, And then Philip and I, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, we lead a youth ministry for high school students called God Teens. The students come to our house every Wednesday night, and we use this part of our meeting to talk about which topic we're going to discuss with them at that meeting. And then, do you want to take the next one? After God Teens, we usually talk about um, different things going on around the house. If there's projects that one or both of us are working on, when we're going to work that into our schedules and dedicate time to doing household projects or um, in the spring and summer and fall outside yard work or other things that we've, we've prioritize that we want to try and accomplish during the week around the house. And then from there, we have taken notes from Michael Hyatt, who you're sick of hearing about now (laughs) that you've been listening to the podcast for a couple episodes. So in my planner, the full focus planner, which again, I'm not getting paid to promote, but I should be. He has you look at your goals for the year And then make sure each week at the beginning of the week when you're planning out what you're doing each day, you have your weekly big three, your big three goals that you're going to do for that week. And then you break it down for each day of the week, the things 
that you want to make sure you accomplish each day to help you reach those goals. So we both go through those and I usually try and write down what Catherine's are so that as the week goes by, I know what was on her list and if there's ways that I can help her to accomplish those or give her the time that she needs to get those things done, then we're both on the same page for what the other one is trying to accomplish this week. And Philip is definitely a tech savvy guy. He enjoys keeping track of his stuff on Evernote on his laptop, whereas I am more of a paper and pen girl. So I try to keep track of my things in my planner. And then after we've talked about our weekly big three, then we move on to two topics from our annual goals list. So at the beginning of my planner, Michael Hyatt laid out 10 different areas. Does he call them domains? I don't remember. 10 different areas that you're supposed to have goals in. And I'll just quickly rattle them off there. Intellectual, emotional, physical, spiritual, marital, parental, parental, sorry, <laughs> social, financial, vocational, and avocational, which means your hobby. So those are the 10 areas. So if you divide that by two, then we take two each week, two topics from that goals list. So every six weeks, you're able to circle back and review those topics. So before we started doing that, we had general topics that we were rotating through, and it kind of felt like we were never getting to some of them because they weren't as interesting or maybe... I don't know. Why weren't we getting to all the different topics? Sometimes it just, either they weren't interesting or it didn't line up with if we had some other Sunday night obligation and then we never circled back to those because they seemed like extra um, or there wasn't much going on with the goals. Yeah. But this way it forces us to check in on all those different areas and that's been working well for us so far. We're only at the end of January right now, so stay tuned. But that's how we're handling it right now. And then we close by talking about marriage. You want to start talking about how we handle that? Usually what we talk about is first what went well. So it's kind of along the same lines as the praise reports, but more specific to marriage and how our communication and teamwork and those sorts of things has been going. Things that we can work on. So it's our chance to share with each other things that we would like to see improve or change in the coming week or things that we've been holding on to to talk about and just have the chance to check in and say our piece about things if, if something isn't going as we would like. And I would say this is probably one of the best parts of the family meeting because you both know going into the family meeting that you both are going to have the opportunity to share something that's not going well. And you know that you can trust the other person to bring it to you from a place of love. And it's a lot easier, I think, to be receptive to whatever their constructive feedback is. So in the past, Philip has told me, I remember at a couple of family meetings, I think you're really struggling with your temper and I need you to really work on that this week. How can I help you with that? What's something that I've told you in the past that I want you to work on? I think probably the the one that I think of most recently is being patient with the kids and um, connecting with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's easy. It, there's a temptation sometimes in marriage 
to point out what you think your spouse is doing right away instead of sometimes hanging back and letting it play out. And having this weekly meeting, I think, helps us. Sometimes you have to say the thing right away, but if you have the weekly opportunity to check in with each other, I think it takes the pressure off. You know you're going to have this opportunity to share something that's been on your heart. And the other person is probably going to be more receptive than they would be in that moment if you were to bring it up then. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think that the nice thing is you're you're prepared for that in advance and you know that some positive feedback and some criticism are both coming. So you're more open to that because it's not coming out of the blue or in a tense moment. It's, it's planned in advance and you know about it. Yeah. So notice in our discussion on marriage, we started with what went well, and then we talk about what to work on, and then we end with positive things. So it's like that compliment sandwich that managers are supposed to give where you put the critical, negative, constructive feedback in the middle, and then you sandwich it with the good stuff on the outside. So we like to end our discussion on marriage by scheduling our next date night if it's not on the calendar already. And if we don't have the option to have a date night out, then we try to schedule a date night in. Do you have anything to add on that? We, at the beginning of January, went through the whole year and planned out date nights for the entire year. So it's nice that those are already on the calendar for all the coming months. So instead of trying to plan or sneak a date night in, we're planning around the date nights that are already on the calendar. Yeah, that's been awesome. And then um, the last part, we like to schedule the days of the week that are going to be optimal for us to, for those of you who were fans of the show Parenthood, do you remember the characters Christina and Adam Braverman, the blonde and then the oldest son? They had an episode where they talked about scheduling Funky Town. (laughs) And then (laughs) the bachelor brother Crosby thought that that was so lame. But at the end of the episode, we saw that Crosby's strategy of being spontaneous as he entered into adulthood and was in a committed relationship and had a son was no longer working for him. So that's all I'm going to say about that for today. Philip, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So scheduling funky town is how we end our meeting for the week. Um, So a couple of closing questions before I let you go. Philip, what is your favorite part of our family or couple meeting? Or both. I want to hear what's your favorite part about the family meeting. My favorite part of the family meeting is getting to hear from everyone what they're proud of each other for. I think it's just fun to listen and to tell the kids things because you don't always think of those things in the moment to tell them what a good job they're doing. So I like that part. That's my favorite part of the family meeting, too. And you see them as they receive the praise reports from their siblings and from you and from me and how much it really means to them. So that's cool. What about our couple meeting time? What's your favorite part? I think the most helpful part of that is going through our calendar and seeing what all we have, because then it's easy to find room for other things, like either for you or I to have time with a friend or to schedule different projects or goals in the times where we're not busy so that instead of trying to squeeze everything in, the whole week is already planned out. And then I like being able to talk about our marriage too and what has been going well and what to work on. Yeah, I'd say my favorite part of it is 
encouraging each other with our goals, with the new edition of our weekly big three goals. And then also knowing that we're going to have that time to talk through the specifics of marriage, what's going well and what we should be working on. Because I think it's easy to get in the habit of just coasting and this holds us accountable to that weekly conversation. What about families who are interested in starting a family meeting but have no idea where to begin? What advice do you have from that for them? I would just start small and not try and do all of this out of the gate. Instead, just look at the calendar for the next week and talk through all the different stuff that's on the calendar so that you know what's going on with the other person's calendar. And then I think you can gradually build up from there with other stuff. Yeah, because we've been doing this, I think... Four years. years. Yeah. Because we started this shortly after we moved here. So mm-hmm. we're approaching four years this May. So that's how long we've been doing this. And it has changed what all we do and talk about during the family meeting. And also, we have been able, able to do more with the kids as they've gotten older. Our family meeting is definitely where we've seen the most change with their attention span and ability to do that. So they look forward to that now in the past. If it was a rough week, sometimes we would just skip it, but now they look forward to it and ask for it, so that's made a difference. Yeah, that definitely increases our motivation. And since the family meeting has become more of a regular thing than our couple meeting, I think has become more of an anchor and a staple as well. And Sunday evening has been a really good time for us to do that too, because that's the night of the week when we tend to not have any other plans Aside from my side of the family gets together for a monthly Sunday night dinner. And if that's the case, unless we're hosting, you and I will spend the time in the car if we're going to a relative who's out of town doing our couple meeting at that point while the kids are reading books or doing something else. So that's been helpful for us. That's going to do it for this episode of While You're Folding. If you would like to find the outline of how Philip and I organize our weekly meetings with the kids and then for our couple meeting, you can find that in the show notes for episode five. Just go to my website, katherineboucher.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. I know how precious your time is. So thank you for carving out time to give it a listen. Um, next time I would love to hear your feedback on what you are planning to do this Lent. As you may know, Lent is going to kick off on Ash Wednesday, which is Valentine's Day this year. I'd love to hear what you're going to do as a family, as a couple, what you're hoping to do personally. Please email me that at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Also, if you've read The Nightingale, without giving any spoilers, I want to hear about that. And any other titles that you might be reading this year or specifically for Lent. Please continue to rate and review the podcast. That's going to help the show to get in front of as many listeners as possible. Someone told me that the show is not popping up on Stitcher, an app for listening to podcasts. I'll try to figure out what's happening with that. I have some truly fantastic interviews that I've recorded and I can't wait to share them with you. But until then, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.